are you? I'm great. I just showered. I feel like a brand new person. How are you? Did you wash your hair? I did wash my hair. It already is dry. Well, I did. I dried the front so my bangs don't go like oh yeah the rest is still kind of wet that's all wet it looks so bouncy and good thank you unfortunately no one can see you but me those unlucky bitches i like your space buns thanks it's been my new look while i'm growing my bangs out because i don't know i just was like it's time for a change so I don't know. Maybe I'll be a long-haired girly again. Maybe I'll go back to shorty. Mm -hmm. The beauty of it is nothing matters. (laughs) Nothing matters. I don't remember the last time you had long hair. Uh, During COVID, at the beginning of COVID, it was pretty long, and I cut it. Yeah. Because I had, like, I had blonde in it for a while. If you remember when I had, like, a blonde Mm. ombre, that was, like, the look. But (laughs) I, like... Nothing looks as good as my natural hair color, like, truly. Yeah. That's how I'm, like, my hair is so dark that I, like, I've dyed it a lot, and it doesn't last very long, and it turns, like, the a different color almost immediately. It just... It's, like, a waste of money, kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some people do it their whole lives. Like, my mom dyed her hair. She stopped. She doesn't now. It's gray, but she dyed her hair, like, my whole life. I'm actually looking forward to being gray. The gray streaks in this movie. Uh, so this I kind of want that. Like the, oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, welcome. Anti-racist, anti-capitalist, intersectional feminist podcast about horror movies. I'm Abby. I'm Rebecca. And, and we're today, talking about. You say it. Ginger snaps. Ginger snaps. I'll say it too. <laughs> but. This is a 2000, was released in 2000. The screenplay is by Karen Walton, who pretty much just did this movie and then a lot of TV work. And the director is John Fawcett, who pretty much did just this movie other than TV work. And they worked together again on Orphan Black, which I've heard is good, but I haven't seen. I have also heard it's really good. And they were dating at the time and... They were just, they did it like on the heels of Columbine and nobody wanted them to nobody make it. To and that was it, like, yeah. <laughs> and that was like, kind. Of, they were just like existing in this small little world using somebody else's sets. Beca- and that's why like this movie is yeah, such a like, like cult underground. Yeah. Like all of the set pieces and the cars are just like shit that was lying around already because <laughs> nobody wanted yeah. to finance their movie. Uh, John Fawcett, I don't know. Like this movie is pretty awesome, but. I can't get over the fact that he said he wanted to do like a metamorphosis film and he knew he wanted to work with young girls. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I would never say that out loud if I were you, but sure. Keep that to yourself, John. Yeah. Just keep your cake hole shut. Um, the two main, the mains, the main leads are um, two sisters, Bridget played by Emily Perkins, who is a child in the original it. She also appeared in another Cinderella story where she also plays <laughs> Catherine Isabel's sister alongside Selena Gomez and famed favorite of Rebecca Mancia. She's the man. Her sister She's- Ginger is played by Catherine Isabel, who also plays 
is well known for playing Mary in American Mary, which I mentioned like a few weeks ago I wanted to cover. So maybe it's a sign. I saw that and I was like, whoa, why? And synchronicity. I wanted to know why we never covered this movie. Like it took us so long. We talked, it's been on our like list for a while. And it's been in the spreadsheet. Yeah, our spreadsheet that we forget every time we have to pick a new movie. We're like, what should we do? And we yeah, <laughs> rarely need, go to I our list. I need list. to clean it up. I need to, because so, like some of the stuff we've covered is on there. Sometimes things are in duplicate. I, the earth sign in this relationship, need to go clean up that spreadsheet. Uh, and then Jason is a teenage man boy who's around in this movie. And I was like, why does he look familiar? Played by Jesse Moss. He's known to us here on the pod as the spree killer in Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is where we know him from. I also know him from Final Destination 3. Yes, I knew you would. I don't remember it that well. And their mom, Pam, is played to perfection by character actor Mimi Rogers, who you know her, but you don't know where you know her from. It's a really... Good I cast. know her from. It's a great cast. She's in. She does a little stint, a little like three episode arc on Mad Men. My oh, I do remember that, team. and I'm pretty sure she was on like all of these people were on like the X Files, Xena Warrior Princess. Like everybody was in any TV show that was made in Canada in the 90s and 2000s. <laughs> what do you yeah, think of my Sam. little like intro? Uh, you know, overview. I was thinking, I like, because usually we're very, like, unmoored, so I was like, maybe we should, like, ground ourselves in something. Uh, if you're listening to we're us now, get a you probably know listener. that we yeah. were on an unplanned hiatus for a while, but we're back. Um, and you can find us on our Instagram and TikTok, which we'll tell you at the end of the show. But we're going to be back making content. We're back alive. Um, so before we start, uh, this episode and this movie do have a content warning for suicide and self-harm if you are uncomfortable you're not able to listen to that i think at the it'll mostly be at the beginning um i think we can probably put in the show notes like the timestamp at which it becomes like clear of that okay anything to add before we get into it i'm my body is ready I'm ready. Can't wait. Your body is what is it like? The body is ready. The soul is whatever. It's like a god thing. Hashtag god. Not thing. that. <laughs> I was gonna say, look at Kyle. She's so cute. Look Kyle at her tail. Girl. All right, let's do this. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> <laughs> We open in a suburban backyard on a fall day where a mum is raking leaves while her toddler plays in his sandbox. Unfortunately, he is playing with his own family dog's disembodied paw, and the pup has been <laughs> brutally attacked. The woman runs into the street screaming and crying that it got our dog. And next door, I, neighbor... Sorry, I yeah. laughed out loud. It when was really she was funny. Like, Wailing in her driveway, and the kids are playing. The kids just play street hockey. They're like, and then they go whatever. Like we're in the middle of a game. That's just Linda. She just nuts. Fucking Linda. It was hilarious. Uh, So neighbor Bridget walks into the house, her house, with a gas can and a rope. 
Um, that's fine. She and her sister Ginger are planning out their suicides. They made a pact when they were eight. Out by 16 or dead in the scene, but together forever. Um, at this point is when I noticed that Bridget had a truly awful wig on. And I hoped that at some point it would be a plot point where she like gets a haircut or something happens where she has new hair, but this wig uh, goes all the way through. So everybody we, else expires, but this wig remains. The wig we has to look a lot at it of for two power. hours. <laughs> so there's the opening credits of the girls being photographed in various like staged suicide scenes. I think that I hope that this wouldn't get made today because it is fine but like i don't know i was like i think that the some of the like way that self-harm and suicide and mental health issues are handled is a little cavalier at certain points during this oh definitely i mean it was the year is 2000 they filmed this in 99 i feel like a lot of i mean obviously we have we hopefully are coming to those situations with more gravity now but then it was just thrown around like yeah depictions and talk of suicide like nothing and this is yeah there's uh, three minutes of like stage suicide scenes i did like the soundtrack i'm not gonna lie i I mean i like every horror movie soundtrack from that period like it all has like the same texture and the texture is cringe but i love it i do like teenagers do think about suicide i mean a lot of them puberty is a tough time so i think like not ignoring that is nice, but treating it like a joke is not. Also, like, oh, we we're, we want to kill ourselves because we hate our town. Like, just wait, move, just move, wait. Just move. <laughs> yeah. So, as school, could- the girls show their class the photographs for their life in Bailey Downs project. Uh, their teacher is concerned. They had not to play. in like a. He's like whatever. I guess. Way. He's like. That's disgusting. He said, that's really disturbing. What's wrong with you guys? Won't be investigating further. Bye. (laughs) Out on the field, they're playing field hockey. And the girls, uh, Bridget and Emily, play this little search and destroy game, which just seems like they identify one of their peers to, like, insult and be unkind to. Um, And their target is Trina Sinclair, who overhears her. And then she's like, okay, well, fuck you. And they push... Oh, sorry. Trina's hair. She has that crunchy, like, 90s updo with the bangs, straight bangs in the front, crunchy hair She needs the TikTok curly girlies to teach her how to, like, (laughs) sculpt her. There were none then. (laughs) Yeah, it was was just, like, gel that you would... Uh, Mm -hmm. So the populars push... Uh, Can you clarify this? So, like, local dogs are getting attacked left left and right, and there's just a dead dog on the field hockey, like, pitch that nobody saw, reported. Yeah, so girls push Bridget into this, like, dead dog, and then um, the coach is like, don't do that, and nobody's like, where did this dog come from? And then that's over. Like, everybody's talking about the beast of... Like this, I forget, Bailey Downs. Bailey Downs. And everyone is so unconcerned. They're like, oh, everybody's dog's dying. Oops. They whatever. really don't seem to give a shit. They're like, not, they're, nobody's upset until it happens to like their dog. And then they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but not even like, I do love the lack of police presence in this movie. I, I know, you know, you don't even see one cop. 
love it, but I would be like, somebody call animal control. I mean, nobody's looking for this beast. Nobody is concerned. There's also like a 35-year-old just like openly selling drugs on their high school campus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the girls are like, we're going to get revenge. So they make a plan to kidnap Trina's dog and make it look like the Beast of Bailey Downs killed it. Um. Why does Trina have her dog at school with her? Is it a service animal? And it's like a big, not well-trained dog. It's like, a bad, bad, bad Rottweiler that keeps like doing a lot of like jumping and barking at people and like. And no I mean, teacher love, is like. Like, why is your Rottweiler here? <laughs> and why is there a grown man like hanging out with kids? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of confusing. Uh, yeah, so Sam, the local drug dealer, uh, kind of like gives the the girls the eye before driving away. Um, local boy Jason, played by Jesse Moss, asks Ginger out, and she says no. I love the way she says, like she's like no. scared, like horrified, and then it's like no, no. Um, how old is Sam supposed to be? You think like nineteen? Well, like. Sam is played by another actor who was in Final Destination 3, Chris Lemchi. I'm kind of in love apparently with him. some like, of the uh, they shot in like his hometown. Apparently, in Canada. I mean, yeah, everyone in this yeah, is very Canadian. As we they're like yelling at each other, and they're like, <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> Sorry, um, that was. Yep. But when this filmed, he was 21, I think. And Emily Perkins was 23. She That's looks so funny. She, she looks, looks 15. Like she's 16. And he kind of looks like he's 40. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, but he looks the same age as he does like 10 years later when they film Final well, Destination he's actually 3. 40. So I'm like <laughs> ever clear. Yeah. But and Catherine Isabel was 19 and she's like playing the older sister and she looks much older than yeah. Emily Perkins. Emily Perkins does have kind of like a sad baby face. Great actor. She did a great job being like. Yeah, I thought she was really good. And I mean, when I could tear my eyes away from the wig, I was really captivated (sighs) by her performance. That wig did her a disservice. It really did. Okay, where were we? Sam. They head home. Bridget is worried that Ginger's gonna abandon her for a boy. Um, the girls run into their cheerful mom, Pam. Ginger's been having some back pain, and Pam is like, Do you think it could be your womanly like transformation? Wink wink wink. <laughs> I'm in love with Pam. I love Pam her. She's a very supportive mom. I would have loved to have a mom like Pam. She has the greatest outfit. When I got my first period. Exactly. She's open. She's like very menstruation positive. She's like, I do wish she was more like approving of their like goth emo aesthetic, but, but whatever. She's not she doesn't like tell them it. what to do. Yeah. She's yeah. like, it's not her thing, but she's not like upset about it. She has two little baby bangs, two little curly, the, like little banana strands. curls. They're so cute. Um, Okay, the girls head out to do revenge. Can you? Okay, I didn't understand this either. Is that dog 
that dog is not Trina's dog. It's like another mutilated dog that they run into. No, I think it's her dog. But we see her dog later because remember, like later in the movie when Ginger is a wolf, spoiler alert, the dog is like barking at her because it like senses something off with her. So is that. No, it didn't because how would it come before this? Because she's not a wolf yet before this. I forgot about that. Um, so yeah, you're a dog. Right. It's a random dog. They run into a dog. a dog. Another dead dog. Mm-hmm. Ginger starts her period, um, and moments later is attacked by a large growling critter. Um, Bridget follows her screams into the woods nearby, where she sees Ginger getting attacked by like a wolfish thing, but like with skin, no fur. Uh, they make it to the, <laughs> into the road. It's They're like narrowly- a mole rat werewolf. <laughs> like a giant mole rat uh and they are almost hit by drug dealer sam's van but he ends up running over the creature instead uh bridget takes ginger home and notices that she has deep claw marks on her shoulder but they're already healing and she's like whatever i'm fine like let's just let it go um bridget's in science class with ginger and she has a pen shaped like a bone that's really good and i want it I I also love in horror movies when the students in the class have like a metaphorical subject matter, like the yeah, the science like a, class is about, about a parasite. parasite. Yeah, <laughs> I love funny. it. It's so obvious. Yeah, but it's I mean, I think cool. that was like a self aware move because I hope so. It was so funny. Okay, it's overall a pretty clever movie, so I would hope so. I think so. Uh, They go to buy some pads at the store. Um, They run into Jason, who says a good toke will take the edge off. Ginger agrees, and they go into Sam's van to smoke weed while Bridget sort of awkwardly waits outside. Sam arrives. uh, She asks him what he hit, and he says a lycanthrope. And she's like, you're not taking this seriously. Sam then finds the kids in the van. Kicks them out, and then Trina arrives with her Rottweiler, which tries to attack Ginger because Ginger is a scary wolf. (sighs) She kicks it in the face with her white patent leather Mary Jane. They kind of look like uh, Irish step dancing shoes. So weird. Um, and then there's like there's subtext that becomes more overt later in the movie that Trina and Sam had like a romantic entanglement and Sam is like kind of dismissive and ignoring Trina now that he kind of got what he wanted from her Trina's kind of a massive victim in this movie I do I I want to I don't know that anything really did happen with her and Sam I don't think I don't know I don't know. The coding I think, is like, confusing. Yeah. But he isn't like, he isn't making sexual advances towards either of our protagonists. You know, I don't like, he doesn't seem interested in young girls in a gross way. Yeah. He just seems funny, like but he's kind of there. Somebody's trying to make like, money. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to maybe, I don't know. He like takes care of the greenhouse. Maybe I'm not like totally clear on how the greenhouse comes into play sometimes you just accept <laughs> things and move on all right so uh we're back at the girl's house in the bathroom oh no no sorry we're at school still in the bathroom where ginger has little white tufts of hair growing out of her healed wounds um bridget 
is like, do you think that you could be a werewolf? And Ginger's like, shut up. But I am bleeding excessively from my crotch. So they head him to the nurse who explains menstruation in detail. Uh, at home, Pam finds Ginger's incredibly bloody underwear in the laundry. Um, and is like, congrats, here's a cake. You're a woman now. And then Ginger gets upset thinking Bridget told her mom the secret. Uh, and they fight and Bridget is like, something is going on with you, gal pal. Um, Bridget is studying periods and werewolves. Um, while Ginger debuts a new look at school and we have the jawbreaker, Jennifer's body hallway strut, and she starts smooching Jason. Meanwhile, uh, Sam- she has like <clears throat> two, like two little gray strands in her otherwise red looks hair and they're really perfect. good. Yeah. And she's wearing that like puke green color everyone wore like, at the time. Puke green velvet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Meanwhile, Sam approaches Bridget and admits, like, yeah, we both saw something like kind of wild. Like, should we talk about it? And Bridget's like, get a grip, bye. Um at home, Bridget discovers that Ginger is growing a little tail, uh, because she's like been checking on her like menstrual cycle because Bridget's pretty much just like been breeding bleeding consistently for like three weeks. So she like pulls her underwear back and there's like a little wiggly tail. <laughs> it's uh, so, so gross weird. and so cute. Yeah. Tiny little wiggle. She confides in Sam and tells him, like, I'm the one that's changing. Can you help me? The change is working like a virus. And Sam thinks they can find a cure and gives her a silver earring for protection. Ginger is tonguing down Jason while Bridget asks to talk to her. Uh, but Ginger brushes her off and they drive away. But Bridget screams at the car before they leave. She's ovulating. <laughs> Again, laughed out loud. It was I so funny. And then you don't like it's you don't see the inside of the car. You just see like. <laughs> ginger turn around in the car like in the like the way that she does it like looking so offended like what the hell yeah uh so they're in the car making out there's a few consent problems and jason and ginger end up having unprotected sex that jason kind of didn't consent to and then she also bites him so it's not great she then arrives back home crying and covered in blood and admits that something is really wrong with her and that she killed Norman the dog. Bye, Norman. Poor Norman. Uh, Bridget pierces Ginger. Very cute. Gin- uh, Bridget pierces Ginger's belly button with the silver earring. Like, I didn't need that, but whatever. You could have um, gone to Claire's. They yeah. end the same. <laughs> they it would have been fine. Later in gym class, Bridget helps Ginger tape her tail down. <laughs> Again, hilarious. Jason I, is oh please go ahead, madam. Uh I was gonna say during the belly before the belly button scene, did you say that they didn't use a condom when they had sex? Uh they didn't use a condom when they had sex. It's like so sexually transmitted werewolf lycanthropacy. Lycanthropacy. <laughs> lycanthropacy. Um uh, Jason's now doing some mysterious bleeding and Sam shows up at their gym class and calls Bridget over on the field and Trina's like, oh, what the hell? And Bridget is like, I'm a minor and I'm at school in class. Like, can you leave? I'll talk to you later. 
Ginger is so upset that she thinks Bridget told her secret and they have a little field hockey dust up with Trina. Trina knocks Bridget over and Ginger uh, responds by attacking her and is sent to the office. Elsewhere, Jason is peeing blood and has been infected by the lycanthropocy. Bridget and Ginger head over to see Sam, who's found what he thinks is a homeopathic cure, monkswood. Unfortunately, it's a perennial that comes up in the spring and has to be grown from seed. Ginger then has an outburst and is kicked out, calling Sam a pervert because Bridget is only 15. And then he says he does not think of her in that way. And I will say there is no evidence to support that he does. He's like incredibly neutral and like platonic the whole time. It's kind of weird, actually. I like don't understand the relationship they have. I think he like he's concerned that someone in his town is turning into a werewolf and he wants he's to, like he i guess like, i'll work with this child to figure it out <laughs> i mean i think he's taking what i hope would be like an older brother approach to bridget is like you are struggling and having a hard time and i maybe was like you when i was 15 and like yeah you need help i but think he, that they <laughs> Could have been a ragtag, like, detective crew, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, Ginger has a new protrusion from her ankle, and she's alienating Pam. Um, Trina arrives at their house to look for her dog, which was stolen by Ginger, and warns Bridget that Sam is only into virgins and to not give him the satisfaction of getting what he wants. She's upset, um, and then Ginger arrives to defend Bridget and drags Trina into the house. She's angry that Bridget chose Sam over her um, and is like, oh, sorry, guys, is um, like holding Trina in a headlock. Trina gets free, grabs a knife, but unfortunately slips on the kitchen floor and like bashes her own self to death on the counter's corner. And I have to say, this is something I really don't like in movies. I don't like the accidental death by head wound via a counter or table. It's not my favorite thing. It, I, yeah, I don't like the idea that someone can just like slip and fall and like, yeah. like can I just die that way? I? I don't want to know that. Yeah. Knock on wood. But. But not it's the also like countertop that Trina impaled her own face on. Actually, it was the back yeah. of her head. I also think it can be a little like lazy. You know, you have a character die, yeah. but it's not, you know, your protagonist's fault because they did it to themselves or whatever. It feels a little yeah, right. Uh, the girls quickly stage one of their photo shoots to hide it from their parents. Uh, and then Pam is like, gotta go freeze this hamburger meat. But they st- they stuff Trina's body in the meat freezer. <laughs> so in an effort to distract Pam from the body in the freezer, Bridget asks her what guys want. <laughs> Died. And they sit down in the living room for like a lengthy explanation. And then when Pam's like, thank you for asking, honey, and goes to bed, they get to work <laughs> on the body. <laughs> The Henry way says, that they're like awkwardly eating cookies and milk. <laughs> so funny. Henry says the girls are up to something, but Pam is like, they're just normal teenage girls. Shut the which fuck they up, Henry. They are not. <laughs> they're not normal teenage girls. <laughs> no. Um, they're like burying the body in the shed or something, and Ginger says 
no one thinks girls do shit like this. You can only be a slut, bitch, tease, or the virgin next door, and they'll just coast through on how the world works and make a plan to get out. At school, Jason corners Bridget. He's not doing well, and he's also growing a tail, and he killed his dog, and he's like, what's happening? But the janitor bursts in at the last second to save Bridget from whatever Jason was going to do. Um, Pam is getting wise to their antics because the school called wondering if Ginger was feeling better and would be back to school because the police want to talk to her about Trina's disappearance. So <laughs> she's like, Bridget, come into my craft room. And there's coincidentally a dried version of the exact perennial they need, Monk's Hood, which Pam got at a craft store. Pam says Gotta she's disappointed. Joanne's for the win. But Pam is- what my question is like Sam and Bridget didn't even like maybe go check out the store. Maybe Call just like around. Hit, hit up yeah. hit up a couple stores. He's look like, for this guess, go to guess a store. I gotta start this from seed. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh jeez. Um, Pam says she's disappointed in Bridget and she wants her to start thinking for herself and stop just following after whatever Ginger does. In the bathroom, Ginger is working on cutting her own tail off because she says nothing helps the like craving except for tearing live things to pieces. Um, Bridget shows her the monk's hood, says it's secure and they'll figure out how to use it and leave the next day. The next morning, Bridget traps Ginger in the bathroom. She's going to figure out the cure and is locking her in to prevent herself from hurting anybody, her from hurting herself or anybody else. Uh, Sam's weird greenhouse is decorated for Halloween. Um, Bridget goes to see him and he advises her the best way is to inject the monk's hood, but they would have to guess the dosage and are not sure of the side effects. So it's dangerous. Um they prop the antidote with, like, alcohol, and he's like, I know it's for Ginger. You need to be careful. Back at the house, Ginger has clawed her way out of the bathroom, and she's like, I'm going to school, which isn't where I would go if I escaped from captivity. Uh, Bridget is dramatically running around in the neighborhood <laughs> and comes upon Jason trying to eat a child. Uh, he decides he's going to eat Bridget instead, but when she stabs him with a syringe of monk's hood, he passes out and then wakes up like lucid and normal again so the the antidote works just with the syringe just sticking out of his neck as he like wobbles away he's like sores on his face uh oh my weird bridget heads to school where ginger has attacked and killed their guidance counselor and is looking a little bit more wolfy bridget says like jesus fucking christ we will figure this out, but like, can you relax and just stay here? Um, meanwhile, Henry finds some fingers in the backyard and Pamela says they're fake to protect the girls, but she knows they're real fingers. She sticks them in a Tupperware and puts them in the fridge. <laughs> Pam, what are Pam, you what? Get rid of the evidence, oh my Pam. God, Pam, yeah, leave, <laughs> bury him in the yard. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, Jen, uh, Bridget's looking for cleaning supplies, leaving Ginger in the guidance office. Uh, the janitor finds her, so she attacks him, saying she doesn't like how he looks at Bridget. Ginger says, basically, I don't want to be cured. I'm just going to embrace monsterhood and like do my own thing. I'm going to find Sam to like kill him. Uh, Pam finds Trina's body, and she's like, Jesus Christ. 
Bridget is yet again running around town and is fined by Pam, who picks her up in the van and hands her the Tupperware of fingers. <laughs> at, at the greenhouse, Ginger is looking more wolfy and is looking for Sam. Her hair is like full white now and she has the like same uh, prosthetics on her face that they used on the vampires and Buffy. It's like exactly Very the waxy. same look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With like the protruded like kind of brow. Um, Pam takes Bridget to the greenhouse, tells her, go get Ginger. We're going to protect you. I'll protect you. I'll burn the house down. We're going to leave your dad and go start a new life. This is all my fault. I'm going to fix it. And I was like, we'll start fresh. What the fuck? Just us girls. (laughs) Pam came out of left field with that one. I'm wondering about, like, Pam's history. Is she a serial killer? Like, she is... She's like, shucks these kids when she finds a dead body in her shed. She's like, you didn't do it. It's not very nice what you did, but we're going to figure it out. (laughs) Um, Ginger's working on seducing Sam, but he says no. Uh, Bridget finds her attacking Sam and yells at Ginger for being selfish and controlling. And she cuts both of their palms to infect herself. So they're like now merged as one and Ginger can chill the fuck out. And she says they got to go. Pam heads into the party with her Tupperware fingers, which I don't think is ever resolved. Never Should we to be see seen her again. again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Bye, Pam. She met someone at that party and she's like, down. She's let's out. go. Uh, I have these two fingers to barter with on the open road. <laughs> Sam finds the girls outside the greenhouse and knocks Ginger out with a shovel. Bridget is like, dummy the cure works but we need to go back to the house to get it and give it to ginger sam drives uh ginger's fully turning into like a naked mole rat in the back seat and the yeah the practical effects are really good at the house ginger escapes the van goes into the house and it's just like making a mess basically (laughs) Bridget is like, fuck, I have to go in for the monk's hood. Um, They find it and they need to make like the little brew to go in the syringe. So they squat into a closet to get it done. Bridget's not doing great. She can't feel her hand. She's not feeling very strong. And Sam is like, come on, let me help you. I'll give, I'll give Ginger the cure. You just call her into the living room and we'll get this done together. Unfortunately, Ginger was like definitely waiting outside the closet for one of them to come out attack sam immediately bridget leaves the closet finds the syringe immediately drops it like behind the stairs (laughs) there's lots of growling and snarling um sam is revealed to be still alive but not doing well ginger and bridget then kind of lap up sam's blood together but bridget is not having a good time and then throws it back up and she says she's not gonna do it she won't do it and then ginger gets mad and kills sam who made it longer in the movie than I thought he would. He almost Poor went the Sam. whole day. Bridget then escapes and goes like under the stairs to find the syringe maybe. And then uh, Ginger Wolf tries to get at her and she like busts through like some drywall to get into her room. They ha- they live in like a weird unfinished basement room. I forgot basement to say that. area. Yeah. Uh, she locks herself in and grabs a knife, but she, like, goes to all this trouble to lock herself in, and then Ginger is, like, just there suddenly <laughs> inside the room. Uh, Ginger arrives. Bridget tries to talk her down, but she is currently a wolf, so she doesn't maybe speak English anymore. 
Um, Bridget decides she wants to live and holds out the knife. Ginger then pounces on Bridget and then impales herself on the knife accidentally and starts to die. Bridget looks at their photos on the bedroom wall and cries. And then she lies down on a dying Ginger's chest whose breathing stops as Bridget weeps. The end. The end. Very sad. Incredibly sad. Quite a downer. Definitely Um, a downer, but there's like five sequels, so it all works out in the end. She might not have died. I don't know. I haven't seen any of them. I had never seen this movie, so. Me neither, which is weird because it's like just our uh, our, uh, speed. It's right up our street. Right up the street I grew up on. Yeah, I... I love movies from the 2000s, like weird, like new metal aesthetics. Love that. I love yeah. a girl, girl this is stories. Like the evanescence effect, you know? <laughs> yes, true. Everything is like kind of dark and yeah, nobody's clothes. Ginger's like, fit. bring me to life. <laughs> Get it? Um, no, is that an evanescence song? Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't. To be to be perfectly honest, I wasn't an Evanescence avid listener. Okay, well, I'm gonna go fuck myself, I guess. I was listening to emo music, not like metal. I Even love I do metal, like it in honestly. Movies. Yeah, um, like uh, in uh, all the Underworld movies, like the new metal vibe is so mm-hmm. strong. Yeah. I think this movie is interesting because I hadn't seen Underworld. What you haven't anyway. seen it? I love I that movie. So remember we talked about it, and then you were like Scott Speedman's in it, and then I watched the first one. The first one is like fine. I mean, I was obsessed with it because I was like a mentally ill child, like looking for any outlet that made me feel good, and something about Bill Nye as a vampire really scratched that itch for me. I was like, he's like daddy, but also he's mean. <laughs> mean daddy vampire. And Scott Speedman's so hot. Stupid hot, yeah. The world okay, building, I would say, is kind of problematic in Underworld, though. There's not a lot of clarity on anything that's going on. Like, we know where we are and we know how we got here, but also, like, where are we? Like, what city is this? What world is this? <laughs> it's blue. There's a blue filter it's on blue it. That's all you need to know. Yeah, it's kind of hard. It's like ugly. It's like a Linkin Park video. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I think this movie is interesting because when we think about like codependency, I think we often think about romantic relationships and like unhealthy romantic partnerships, but um, codependent relationships can have like many textures including like your sister, which is, you know, like the person that you like are can be closest to your first friend, like there's so many interweaving kind of other factors with a codependent relationship with a sibling, especially like, when you grew up with that sibling and love and trust them more than anyone. But like Ginger is Bridget's abuser, like she's isolating her from anyone else that takes an interest in like becoming her friend or like, you know, whatever, and making sure that Bridget is like completely reliant on Ginger to navigate the world. And I think, um, you know, like you said, Jennifer's body kind of does it later. But I think the texture of this like sister relationship is uh, really 
like interesting and really complex. I yeah, I, they definitely have a codependent relationship and also like um a like metaphorical connect because I think like Brit Bridget turns into our protagonist because Ginger is the antagonist like as the movie progresses and we are like following Bridget more often and like her escapades to save her sister right and her like this oncoming of puberty and like her trying to save her sister from that um, monster right and so and we're like we see Bridget's triumph over like Ginger's predicament and so that's kind of interesting like seeing their codependency and then Ginger turn into the antagonist and then Bridget overcoming that and Bridget like leans further into the codependency to kind of like she goes further into it to go through it basically by like Mm -hmm. appeasing Ginger to keep herself safe and try to like navigate a way out that is like the path of like the least harm to her and her family and relationship. I thought Bridget was pretty interesting because she knows like she, you can tell like she kind of knows that she's in a really unhealthy dynamic, but she doesn't seem to have like the power to leave it. Even when Ginger is like ignoring her and hurting her actively, like all she wants to do is kind of get back into the cyclical abuse. Yeah. She's ovulating. Um, I read a very interesting article. Um, oh, slow down. I read it. I can you she read an can article? Can you even believe? Um, made to be monsters on the trauma of gender and when your body is not your own by Logan Ashley Kisner. Um, so they are viewing uh, ginger snaps from like a, a trans lens, and they identify as like a trans mask person, and they um kind of make the argument that. Bridget or B, as she's often called in the movie, could also be like a closeted trans person and maybe either a non-binary person or a trans mask person, which was really interesting. And the their argument that like the this lycanthropancy is a metaphor for womanhood and neither one of the girls want to enter into like what menstruation and what womanhood means and they are completely rejected they don't want to talk about it they don't want to talk to their nurse or their mom um and b is trying to save ginger from that fate but ultimately ginger succumbs to this like disease of womanhood and b um in her like gender non-conforming clothing her like she doesn't she wants to live in a world without gender without sex um and so she's trying to protect her sister from that and then ultimately her sister succumbs and she escapes that and i think which i I thought was really interesting ginger also views like sex with boys and men as something she like has to do she's like if i get my period Mm -hmm. i will like have to romantically feign interest in men and like have sex with them and like oh i don't want to do that so there's like also a ton of I think queer coding, just like Jennifer's body, where mm-hmm. like if a woman lives outside of the norms like subscribed to her by society, it's like the monstrous feminine, right? Like Ginger. Yeah. I mean, you could make an argument for like the they're rejecting society's <laughs> idea of womanhood and what society will force on a woman like men objectifying you and turning you mm-hmm. into a sexual object 
There's um, a lot going and on. Bridget, over here, did you hear a noise? No, I meant in the movie. Oh, in the movie. A bus men just being go by grown. my house. Well, I did think I, I thought that was here. I just think, um, I mean, you can tell that the screenwriter is a woman or like someone outside of the like cishet male universe because there's a lot of complexity woven into like the girl's relationship to their womanhood. And I feel like, yeah, especially like the way that Pam is portrayed. Pam is like ultra feminine. She has her craft room. She is like always perfectly put together with her hairdo and her like pattern turtlenecks and statement earrings. And like they, I feel like they're both like kind of drawn to it and horrified by it because you can tell like the girls love their mom and they have like sort of this deep down inherent trust in her and affection for her, but they also like can't see their own womanhood taking the same shape as hers and they don't have like a model for what they want out of their lives you know and i yeah i think they don't want society's idea of what their gender is to be pam's like they don't want to be perceived the way that pam is perceived and i don't think that bridget wants to be perceived at all she wants to live in this like her own little oversized cardigan world her co- and outfits she, did look nice and cozy. They looked very cozy. Uh, one of the lines, like in gender, in her transition, her early transition uh, outside the bathrooms in the school, Bridget says something's wrong more than you just being. And she like takes a long pause, female, like as if like yeah, there's something yeah. Just it's not just her menstruation, not just her like it's her turning into something else um, that they never were before, right? And then yeah. uh, Ginger has a line like, I can't have a hairy chest. Like a, you know, like a traditional masculine trait. I can't yes. have a hairy chest. That's fucked. Which is also interesting. That she's like sort of accepted this this womanhood that comes with menstruation. Um, but then it turns on her. Like her acceptance of it almost turns on her and she becomes a monster. A coercive, sexually coercive monster. Not great. Yeah, I think, like, the consent issues, I don't know, I feel like, again, it was the year 2000, so, and the framework in which, like, Karen Walton's writing this movie, maybe it's, like, well, like, because, like, men are our greatest natural predator and oppressor, like, they don't consent doesn't count as much when it's like the reverse it's you know a Mm -hmm. man consenting to like a sexual encounter with a woman and i think that like i mean like i think our viewpoint and our like framework for consent has expanded a lot since then and i think that this was like intended to be a sort of like empowering thing like she's embracing her subversive womanhood and like her sexuality yeah instead of like rape you know but it yeah it is rape rape is what it is yeah (laughs) yeah especially with um jason Jason. and i think if she had the chance the same would have happened to sam yeah and she's not like hadn't intervened yeah they're not like people to her they're just like kind of something to tear apart yeah hallmarks of like (laughs) patriarchy that she's like okay i gotta take all of you bitches down and that's not but like 
I don't know. Like, I think that's fun when it's like, you know, a female protagonist running around in a movie, like axe murdering, like shitty men. But I don't think like sexual violence is something to make light of, no matter like the context of the movie. It just makes me uncomfortable. I was kind of cringing. Yeah, I don't, you know, you're always like, we always say like, I love a when a, when women get to kill men, get to kill gross men in movies, it's like fun to watch. But I, you ultimately, I feel, I start to feel really bad for Jason. Like he didn't consent. To he doesn't know what's happening to him. Sexual encounter. He has he no context for what the him. fuck is happening. Bridget won't and, talk to him or help him. Like, and he goes to her like with the intention of like, I need help. And he, because he's turning into, like, a fucking werewolf, gets, a, like, becomes, like, violent. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, like, he's alone in the experience. I feel really bad for Jason. And, I mean, he doesn't do anything to Ginger without her he consent. Does, he's just he kind does of, like, sexualize a- her in the beginning. But even then, it's, it's like, not that, you know, you, people should be sexualizing other people. Um, in a gross way and talking to their friends about it, but it's something but that she also teenage like willingly boys goes do. into Sam's van and she like willingly has sexual encounters with him. Right. And she and then she takes it too far and turns and then into she just, like, like a course like, of bye. Yeah. Yeah. And then um and she does say he's a hero and I'm just a lay, but she makes him the victim. Um and she's the predator. And then the same with uh with Sam, like I like she attacks him and all he's trying to do is help her and her little sister with nothing but harm and danger for his outlook. Like he gets nothing from this situation except for None the of help the them. men in this movie are truly like evil. Like Henry, their dad is like a sack of potatoes. Their guidance counselor is well meaning, if like short sighted and not very good at his job. Like mm-hmm. and then the janitor says like oh i don't like the way he looks at you like you're a little girl and he's like sexually interested in you but he just like opened the closet where his supplies were (laughs) that's all he did when she's when she falls on the dog he's in the locker room and he just like smiles and hands her a towel like he and then ginger comes up and says he was looking down your shirt and number one that's impossible she's wearing like she's wearing also like like, (laughs) <laughs> she, ginger made that encounter up in her head and is threatened mm-hmm. anytime that bridget shows signs of escaping their tiny little world that yeah. they built together I and that yeah. janitor doesn't even get a name and is the only person of color in this movie I yeah that's a, a big um, problem i know well. and like why did why is he like randomly cast like to have no lines and just like do nothing i it's weird yeah i didn't like it and his death is the most humiliating and the most prolonged the guidance counselor's death happens off screen trina does her head on the counter but it's quick and he gets thrown from locker to locker we see blood spurting out of his neck like i mean sam's death is like pretty much off screen like you don't see his attack and when she ultimately kills him i don't think it's on screen or like it's really really fast you know he's like sitting there bloody but that's it and then yeah she like we hear, hear her growling and st- but he's we like, don't see Ow. her really <laughs> i it's kind of strange because like 
We know patriarchy to be incredibly damaging and toxic. And we know patriarchy to like impose these stereotypes and these kind of like violent, like systemic, uh, like tropes onto women, but we actually don't see it happen in this movie, really. Like we, uh, we see a lot of supportive right. grownups in this movie. <laughs> We yeah, I think you have to have like patriarchal context for this movie. Is what you're working on is like the world is going to impose um, womanhood on girls who are very young, whether they like it or not. But what do you think? Like, is it? I guess like is it more important that Ginger is like pushing back? What is the filmmaker trying to tell us? Like, is it more important that they Ginger is pushing back about against like the restraints of patriarchy? even if it's like incredibly misguided or are we supposed to be like, Oh, Ginger is like kind of delusional. Like she's making up scenarios that don't exist with like these men and then harming them. And like, she's feeling justified in harming them. Like, I don't understand which message I'm supposed to be messaged to. It's interesting. It is confusing because she is, yeah, ultimately very evil. And she's the one who's like... And yeah. she was, like, mean before she was a werewolf. Like, she was insulting and dismissive. And she enjoyed having Bridget kind of, like, under her thumb and in her control. And, like, she basically was, like... If she made Bridget, like, her younger sister promise to, like, have a suicide pact with her when they were eight. Like, it's an incredibly unhealthy yeah. relationship. And she would have been seven, six or seven when that pact Yeah. Happened. And, oh, you know what's another interesting thing is, like, at one point they're like, oh, Bridget skipped a grade. So Bridget is younger and she's also, like, mm -hmm. operating in a space with, like, a lot of older people and a really, like, unhealthy power dynamic with her sister. So she is, like, incredibly vulnerable. But also no one in the movie tries to harm her except for Bridget. Or, sorry, Ginger. Yeah, I mean, Trina is, like, she pushes her into the dead dog, but Trina does that after the girls bully her first. And she, like, and I just, yeah, I don't like the way oh, that yeah. Trina's characterized either. Like, the girls call her, like, a cum bucket and a slut. And they're taking the, you know, the markers of patriarchal thinking perceiving other women as sluts and whores and whatever and then they're using that to abuse her and then are upset when that woman tries to stand up for herself and like or they're girl. applying they're children. They're teenagers. They're children they're applying morality to like sexual encounters which is also like a completely patriarchal structure like your value as a woman is grounded in how much you fuck or how much you don't fuck or like you know how easy mm -hmm. you are and that kind of shit and that's like completely antithetical to what their like characterization seems to be, but at the end of the day, pushing they just, back on the patriarchy. Yeah, I think I feel bad for Trina, and she seems, and that's the reason why I don't know that her and Sam ever did have a sexual relationship because she seems obsessed with him and obsessed with the idea of an older man, and he seems like go away, you're a kid. You know, I'm just but trying also to like. Drugs. <laughs> yes like would you like an eighth what how much did he say an eighth was it was like so cheap <laughs> i don't remember i wasn't i didn't take the maybe the it was drug like listing 20 dollars for an eighth but uh, 
it's either way, whatever happened mm-hmm. between Sam and Trina, Trina is expressing like true vulnerability and pain outside of the girl's house. And instead of like being like, okay, I hear you. I understand. Like you're coming here with best intentions to try to warn me, whether it's misguided or not, like whether what you're saying is grounded in a true lived experience or not. She came like in a vulnerable position looking for support. And I think like female companionship and instead they kill her. So like, what the fuck? And, and Bridget does try to stop her sort of like she does she does no point she doesn't try try very hard hard to stop ginger from doing what she's doing she just kind of yells abstractly from the sidelines and that and yeah and she doesn't take full control until the very very end when she kills her other than that also trying to help her cover up the murders She's been, like, woven into an incredibly codependent relationship with her sister where even though she can see that what she's doing is wrong, she feels like probably there will be consequences for her if she intervenes and, like, pushes back. So interesting. So many dynamics. Oh, my God. Um, There are a lot of dynamics. I – yeah, I did like this movie a lot. I think some of the some of it is definitely you can feel the nineteen ninety nine two thousand of it. Yeah, like, for sure. I feel like the nineties was big on um, like a older guy in a van being a drug dealer at high schools. Like they were everywhere in right. movies, <laughs> all over the place. And never once have I seen drugs delivered by van. Me neither. Not um, only is there no intersectionality, this is like. Bridget and Ginger are barely, like, feminist characters or, like, and, and living inside of any kind of, like, feminist Who, yeah, like, are mean to the framework. women in their they're lives. really assholes, kind of. They're not nice to their mom for a lot of the movie. Poor Pam. They're mean, yeah. Like, you guys, right. And, like, you guys are so, like, grounded in finding your own identity and your own way to, like, express your identity. And for you guys, it's like staging photographs of your own death. And guess what? Your mom is like kind of fine with it. And you still are so mean to her, even though her way of like expressing herself is making you a cake. It's just like wanting to have like a divergent, subversive Gross. identity, it's but okay then having no space for any other identity. want to take on a traditional Gross. Um, gender role. That's fine. It's a, fine to not want a gender role. It's also okay to have to be okay with a it traditional gender role. It also is okay to take role. on a traditional uh, gender role as yeah. a woman. Yeah. Three, two, one. Hi. So if it sounds like we're talking to you on a different day, it's because we are. Um, we were using like a funkadelic app to try to minimize our editing and shit and record the podcast, but it kind of shit the bed. So we're back on another day to wrap it up. Um, yeah, so we were talking about ginger snaps, and, and that's kind of what happened. It was a good movie. That's it. It was fun. It was fine. I liked it. Do you think you'd watch any of the sequels? I feel like it no. gets unhinged. Yeah. I, it's such like a, uh, I don't know, hipstery thing to say, but I don't love a sequel. I don't always need a sequel. I feel you. I, I was think thinking that. So we're prepping to talk about Halloween shortly. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and I was just looking at all the sequels and I was like, I don't know. 
Like, I haven't seen any of them. I've seen Halloween Kills because we happened to watch it in the theaters, like, when it was, it was, like, one of the first times we went to the movies after COVID. So we were like, we'll watch anything. We just want to, like, not be in our house. And it was meh. Meh. Yeah, I don't, I, I like this movie. I don't know that I need to watch it even again or that. Maybe, like, sequels. You know, I imagine showing my little niece, Hannah, when she grows up, like, all of the seminal, like, 90s feminist movies and, like, horror flicks. And uh, so that might be the next time I watch it. Yeah, that'd be fun. So Um, I was um, walking. I've been hanging out with my dog, Frankie, a lot. And her tail is so similar to the tails in this movie when it's, like, really wagging. It's, like, the same length. (laughs) That's so cute. Oh, Frank's. Yeah, that creepy little tail. It was just like that it was made of skin, you know? Like, I feel like, why, actually, why were the whole werewolves just, like, skin wolves, you know? Uh, what did we call it? Worm... Fuck, what did we call it earlier in the episode? The I don't know, what we recorded two what weeks ago. What did Kimmy... <laughs> oh my god, my brain just stopped working. Smooth okay, brain. remember that Disney cartoon? Kim Possible. Mole Rat. Okay, Mole Rat. Naked Mole, mole rat. rat, yeah. Naked Mole Rat Werewolves. That's in like... I have my... The synapses in my brain are like... Like they, yep, they're yep. done. Yep, yep. Their last That's your legs. synapses. Well, I to wrap it up, um, yeah, definitely go watch it for free. It was fun, weird, like super nineties. I liked it. Move. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was fine. And um, uh, our synapses are misfiring as usual. Um, one thing that did get cut off that was I thought was. I wanted to just like touch on again was the actor who didn't get a name, the only character of color in the movie, Pat Janitor, Ho, who plays the janitor. Um, he was in Mimic, and fuck, there was something else interesting about him. He was a composer, I think. Now I can't find the article, of course. I think I he used. was like in like a, a really. Oh my god, I can't remember either, but he was in like a prominent and famous movie and he worked like alongside some classic Hollywood director, you know. And he was like pretty like ubiquitous. He was around. Yeah. I'm Oh, here. Okay, wait, I found it. I found it. Yeah, he was in like a a lot of Okay, so he was in movies in Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan, and is and in addition He's to Korean, acting, right? he also composed music. He's um, from Hong Kong. Oh, pardon me. I'm sorry. How dare you forget what we talked about three weeks ago? Um, but yeah, he has something like 300 movie credits. Um, so pretty incredible, dude. That was. was yeah, that was. That. Again, the casting on that was just so, like, bizarre and problematic. I was like, what the hell are you guys doing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but all in all, fuck um, misogyny and 
I don't remember what else was in this movie. Oh, bu- don't be a bully. Fuck being a bully. Yeah, don't, don't bully be a bully. People. And like codependent you can be a loser. relationships, I feel yeah. like are really on display in this movie and they're really hard to get out of. So fuck that. And fuck that. I guess probably fuck men. Oh, yeah. Who actually, there weren't men. We did <laughs> talk about this. The men weren't so bad in this movie. movie. That's yeah. right. But fuck them anyway. Hate him. I mean, I've got a crush on the actor who plays Sam, whose name I don't think me. he's cute. I'm so but sorry. But Abby to disagrees. Say. I, I'm. It's fine. I Agree mean, he definitely has a face. He's got a. You know, I love a regular ass looking. Just a dude, really normal you know? looking face. I love a normal looking face. I don't. Something about like his line delivery. He's like super sarcastic. It's like he'd talk down to me, and I'd be. Into yeah, it. he would be mean to you, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be swooning, yeah. Um, Uh-oh, Paige unresponsive. Crow wants us to stop talking about Ginger Snow. Okay, um, remember you can't shit upwards. Yep, and stay ugly. And get fucked. We're at, on Instagram, at SpookySuccubus underscore cast. We've got a link tree. We've got a Patreon. Yeah, we're getting our we've, shit together. This is it. the year of us the year of um the year of sluts (laughs) the year of sluts Uh, love it love a slut okay all right we love you guys bye bye